costly turnovers prevent the Utah Jazz from getting the win against the Memphis Grizzlies. A funky call late helps the Grizzlies who take advantage of every opportunity. We're talking about it coming up on Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone live for you on YouTube, Facebook, as well as on Twitter. Uh, Join us on our live show after every single game called Postcast and Ron. The Utah Jazz lose one tonight. They should have won, frankly. Absolutely. Uh, 15 turnovers, David. Get about 24 points off of those turnovers, but none bigger than the last two the Jazz had in the ballgame. We'll break down two massive turnovers that really swung this game. Mm. A strange call late as well. But from a big picture, Ron, it's a game that had ended up with 16 lead changes, 12 ties. The Jazz kept kind of running away, and Mm. I think they felt like they could run away, and then Memphis just kept Mm -hmm. fighting. A team that got Blown out, was down 40 at the end of three the other night. They had great fight and probably outfought the Utah Jazz tonight. Now, they only made 13 threes, but boy, they seem to make the big ones. Uh, the, when they're, the Jazz get off to a seven, they were had a 10-point lead at one time, and then all of a sudden a couple of three-point shots that are made put them right back within one or two. So the three-point shots that they made were, were big, even though it was only 13. Um, but, you know, they fought. They played hard. Uh, they did some very good things out there on the floor, and uh, the Jazz just couldn't capitalize. Jazz did a really good job on John ja Morant tonight. He had 32 points, but on 30 shots, he definitely attacked differently if Whiteside or Gobert was on the floor. Um, kind of left over from the playoffs last year where he shot 60% when Rudy was off the floor. But the Jazz really didn't do a very good job in half-court defense, Ron. Why were the Jazz unable to get the half-court stops that usually they're able to get? And, and it wasn't like they were uh, the Grizzlies were attacking the rim to the point, but they were more of a mid-range. And, and the, knowing that Rudy was going to help, uh, they did a very good job of, of knocking down the mid-range shots. Now, it, it really helped the, the Grizzlies with, with Baines having such an explosive night, especially uh, from the three-point line, especially in that first half. Desmond Bain, the 30th pick of a year ago's draft. Mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks was out. He gets an extended roll. Brooks' mm-hmm. 16 shots are available to him. He came out with 13 in the first quarter. The other one that's really interesting tonight, Ron, if you go back to the playoffs last year, Dylan Brooks guarded – Donovan Mitchell, and Donovan Mitchell torched Dylan Brooks. 15 of 25 shooting, 8 of 10 from the line, and a ton of free threes. Desmond Bain didn't guard Donovan very much in the playoffs or in the regular season. This was the first time Desmond Bain was ever guarding Donovan Mitchell. He has the strength to match him, and he, he re- I mean, crazy to say this, Desmond Bain got the best of Donovan Mitchell dramatically on both ends of the floor tonight. Yeah, the two different guys in, in, in uh, the way Brooks played him and the way Baines plays him. Brooks tries to be more physical, tries to be strong, tries to be, uh, you know, one of those guys that that uh, that shows how strong I am and, uh, you know, just try to out-physical him. Baines, a little bit story, a little bit better foot speed, uh, try to stay in front of him, uh, challenged him out on the perimeter when, when he's trying to drive to the basket. A couple of times he got his hand in and deflected the basketball. So uh, the attack defensively was a little bit different. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I think Donovan just got Brooks in foul trouble quite a bit, didn't he? Two other areas where I want to give Memphis a bunch of credit, and then we'll talk about Jazz's weaknesses tonight. Jazz torched John Morant and Steven Adams in the first half, first quarter of this game. It's one of the worst pick-and-roll mm-hmm. combinations in the league. The Jazz torched it. The Jazz couldn't get to it in the second half. Mm-hmm. They 
move John Moran around, hit him defensively in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, they didn't play Steven Adams when uh, the Jazz would go after it with John Morant. They played Jaron Jackson. So great adjustment there by Taylor Jenkins, who's truly one of the great young coaches in the league. And then the other one was Jaron Jackson's their bellwether. As much as we talk about John Morant, Jaron Jackson beat the Jazz tonight. He's the guy who has to win games for them. When he's bad, they're bad. When he's good, they're good. And they came out in the second half and just made him make plays early. And then his stretch in the floor caused the Jazz a lot of problems. You know, they got uh, him down for four for 11, three-point shot. I guess that's about right. But, you know, that big one that he made, uh, for the most part, to give him the victory. But the fact that they put him at center actually forced – Rudy away from the basket. Now, if Rudy wants to protect the rim, he has to recover. Uh, they kick it out to Baines. They kick it out to Jaron to, uh, Jackson. It was just a very good floor plan. I totally agree with the way Jenkins ended up, um, you know, playing the Jazz, especially in that fourth quarter. All right, let's put the focus on the Jazz. In my mind, there are two key plays in this game that, that, that were the chance. One is it's 103-96. John Morant's still on the bench. You have to beat this team when John Morant's on the bench, particularly if you're a veteran team like the Jazz. And Donovan's on a fast break, and he throws it away. It leads to a fast break the other way that makes it 103-98. Then we don't score, and they make it 101-103-101, and John Moran checks back in the game. That swing to me right there was actually where the game was decided. The Jazz had a chance at 103-96 with the ball, with Moran on the bench. Get a layup. You're in transition, high opportunity. Go up by nine. Have the game. Like, you have the game at that point, mm-hmm. and they turn it over. Yeah. Turnovers will kill you, uh, especially – you know, late late in the ball game like that, when you when you have to protect the basketball, uh, obviously you, you you're trying to score, but boy, it, it just your star player making a mistake like that, it just probably hurts more more than anything. I'm all for guys in a situation like that trying to drive to, very strong to the basket. I'm not in favor of trying to split two defenders off the dribble like that and end up with. Um, turning it over and then the big one is you're up three there's like 30 seconds 26 seconds left in the game honestly there's only one mm-hmm. thing you can't do at that point which is turn it over and turn give it a over. layup the other way or give a right. fast break the other mm-hmm. way you take a shot get back defensively do it donovan turns it over mm-hmm. and off a dribble and john moran takes it the other way and that then leads to all sorts of shenanigans but those are the two plays of the night where the Jazz just have to be better because they could have won the game on e- on either of those plays. Yeah, and we can look at the official, you know, all we want. That was a, a, a terrible blow whistle call there by by the official. Uh, but it was a close call by the official there as well. Uh, unfortunately, they blew the call, and unfortunately for the Jazz, it had to turn out to be a jump ball because of the blown call. But they did. Make the right decision with that. Let's walk through what happens. Yeah. John Morant gets fouled on that after the Donovan turnover. He makes the first free throw. It's now a two-point game. His second free throw sits on the rim. Correct. A little longer than usual. Jaron Jackson goes over Rudy Gobert, and it's never been determined, but it looked as though Jaron Jackson touched the ball. But honestly, the replay that we were seeing on television looked like it was goaltending. The replay we saw in the arena did not look like it was goaltending. It was off the, not off the rim, but... Right. Not in the cylinder. Not, no longer in the cylinder. They right. come all the way off. So at that point, I think the officials actually make the right call, which is no goaltending. Right. But because the whistle was blown by Brett Nansel, the least uh, experienced of the three officials, it means while the ball's in no possession and a whistle is blown, that they have to go to a jump ball. Right. The mistake that's made here is the whistle should have never been blown because Correct. it wasn't goaltending. At which point the Jazz Royce O'Neal would have had the rebound up by one, up by two, 
with 12 seconds, 11 seconds five, left. Five, five points. Seven but, seconds, right? No, that was at five points. Oh, yeah. After the, right, right. Jump ball. Rudy's not a good jump ball center. He loses most jump balls every night if you actually watch it. They win the jump ball. Nice job. Ron pointed this out. Subtle things. John Morant's a basketball savant. He's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. He clears off Conley to be able to get the ball, drives, and then brilliant. Doesn't wait for anything. Drives. Really great play by Memphis. Jaron Jackson spaces. He brings the defense to him out to Jackson. Mm-hmm. And Jackson knocks down. Not a very good three-point shooter, about 35% on catch and shoot. It's average, and he knocks it down. And then not a great play for the Jazz. I'd have to watch the final play again. Ron and I saw it differently. I thought Joe, like, double-clutched a bunch of times before the inbound as though there was something else that he was looking for other than Donovan so that by the time he got it to Donovan, it was so deep that Donovan had almost nowhere to go. Right. Um, And then they – you know, Donovan got to his right hand, which he prefers – he probably would have liked to bring it back left. He just didn't have time to the terrible fadeaway. It wasn't wasn't a great play late by the Jazz, but um, so those are kind of the pitfalls, and they cost you basketball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Couldn't have explained that any better, um, you know. But got to give Memphis a lot of credit. All right, let's see. One of the closest. Well, this is first buzzer beater this year for the most part. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why doesn't Quinn run the ball through Conley at the end of the game instead of Donovan on the ISO? I, and it's hard for me to know, SJ, exactly what you're talking about, whether you're talking about those final plays or whether you're talking about the um, the last, very last play. I'll, I'll do my best. In, on the very last play, Mike's not a very good isolation one-on-one player. In fact, I think his numbers are pretty poor. He's small. It's hard for him to get that shot off. He, he, need, like, he needs time. So Donovan's the guy in that final play. You got He's the only one. Um, you know, on the other plays, you know, on the play where Donovan turns it over, you certainly could decide that you're going to run it through Mike Conley on that final play. He's such a veteran. He's had had a pretty solid game. And they did run a lot through Mike Conley. He had the two floaters. He hit one, missed the other um, on it. So um, everyone calm down about Donovan. I'm a fan of JC. I'm upset of his performance. Uh, he's more like a defensive player today. Um so a lot of questions coming in. I'll try to see if I can get to wow, we have we have a loaded chat room today. Great yeah. chat room. What is leading to the turnovers, Ron? Uh well, let's use Donovan as an example. Uh, I think Donovan's had more turnovers this year because he seemed to be dribbling a little bit more this year, uh, and dribbling in traffic a little bit more this year. Now he's getting to the basket, he loves to get to that right hand, as David just mentioned a few minutes ago. And he's been doing a great job at that. But I think this year. Uh, he's dribbling in traffic a lot more than he has last year. Now, other turnovers that the Jazz get, they like to move the basketball. I, I don't think Quinn is upset with, with some of the turnovers when they, they're moving the basketball as well as they, if they're trying to move it. But um, still, you just still have to make sure of, of your passes when you're making them. The problem with the two turnovers of time is they led to fast break opportunities on the other side. The fact of the matter is that for the game, the Jazz did not have a turnover problem tonight. The yeah. Jazz had a one thirty, they had a thirteen percent turnover rate, which is really low, and they had a one twenty offensive rating tonight. So the problem tonight, truthfully, if you, you know, we're going to micromanage recency bias in right. those final plays. The problem tonight is the Jazz did not had another not very good defensive night. Right now, the Jazz are an average defensive team, and that is not what makes them. That's not what makes them a great basketball team. Yeah. Well. They have to get better. Also, what we were expecting, Dave, was a fast basketball game by the Memphis Grizzlies. Did not see that in the first half. They had still ended up with 18 fast break points. So with that, uh, 
you know, I don't know. We just have to go get Oklahoma City and forget about this basketball game and, and move forward. Good good performance by Memphis. Really, a lot of really strong mm-hmm. elements by Taylor Jenkins and his crew tonight. And the Jazz made the plays, you know, made the plays to lose the game. I hate to say that, like, mm-hmm. but they had chances to knock the game out and they didn't do it. On behalf of Ron, I'm David. Have a good night.